But Jordan Poole, of course, was not the main story of the third quarter. That was Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry, this finals kind of, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this after game one, especially. Uh, So game one, obviously, Jason Tatum had uh, one of the stranger games, I think, that you'll ever see. There was some, you know, a fair bit of discourse, I would imagine, about whether he had a good game. Underrated game, overrated game, terrible game, somewhere in between, uh, you know, but you shoot. I think he shot three for 18, but then you have a career high in assists with 13 assists. And it's like, what do you make of that? Uh, I, I made of it that he was still at the center of everything that the Celtics did right. But, you know, he just couldn't make a shot. And I was thinking about him before game two in that. You know, we've been making this finals all about Curry uh, and Steph and where this finals would leave Steph in terms of his ranking all time, his legacy, the whole thing. And oddly enough, after that game one from Tatum, which I fully expected it to be a one off in terms of him not having a great shooting performance, I was like, I wonder if we. I wonder if we missed the boat on this one and we're going to look back on this maybe in a similar way that we do to the 1991 finals. So the 91 finals, you'll remember, uh, was between the Lakers and the Bulls. It was Michael. And I just want to preface this by saying I'm not comparing Jason Tatum to Michael Jordan, but I, I am I am going to draw a parallel between the series potentially. Um that was Michael Jordan's first finals. He had been acknowledged. The difference between him and Tatum is Michael Jordan had been acknowledged as the best player in the sport for the better part of half a decade at that point. Um, and they're the only real competition, I think, for him at that point was Magic Johnson. So it really did feel like a battle of the two best players in the game. And, you know, I, I at that point in time, I don't think people were, you know, no, obviously nobody knew the Bulls were going to go on to win six championships. They thought they were good, thought they were very good. They thought they were, you know, that that Jordan Jordan guy had some had some stuff uh, uh, in the hopper for what he was going to do in the 90s. But, you know, they hadn't done it yet. Magic Johnson had won five championships already. You know, he had won his three MVPs. He had kind of already cemented his place as the greatest point guard of all time. And then that series happened. And then by the end of it, it was like, whoa, um, we should probably be paying uh, attention to what this Jordan guy is going to do in the next, whatever, four, five, six, seven years, then magic and his legacy, which is what that series was about. I think before it started here with Curry after game one, I was like, man, uh, I wonder if we're going to look back on this in a similar way in terms of the, the the series that Jason Tatum announced himself to the world as like, you know, you all want to talk about Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. Well, guess what? I'd like to butt my way into that conversation um, again, which I'm saying this in retrospect after a game in which he hit, you know, had one of the worst shooting games of his life. But because he still found a way to positively affect things at both ends of the court in terms of his passing, in terms of the gravity that he he provides the Celtics. And of course, in terms of his defense, which I thought Boston's defense 
um, for most of that game, but obviously, especially in the fourth quarter, was outstanding. So fast forward to this game, what happens come out of the gate? Who's on fire? Jason Tatum starts out five of six from deep uh, is absolutely unconscious uh, from from beyond from behind the arc, made a couple inside. I think he had either 19 or 21 points at halftime. It was, you know, similar to how Steph came out in game one is how Jason Tatum came out in this game. Uh, And, you know, the Warriors were fine. Um, You know, Steph was good. 15 points. Uh, The difference, I think, is is that unlike in game one, when several key Warriors, Al Harford, Marcus Smart, Derek White, you could see that they were having really good shooting nights early on. You know, that wasn't quite the same way. This was Tatum. And then Brown had a great first quarter, dropped off in the second quarter, didn't do anything in the second half. So, again, two-point game at halftime, very close game at halftime, got there in a slightly different way. But it felt like it was going to be a game that was, you know, going to be a game down the stretch. I mean, these the two teams had played things incredibly close. The difference, again, I'll get back to my original point, which is Steph. It's all about Steph. <laughs> it's always about Steph. And, and that's and that is why I think people were climbing all over themselves to make this series about Steph and his legacy before it ever started. Because I think there is a sense, and you saw it tonight, that unlike almost anyone else, I, and like look, you want to put a handful of other guys in this category, that that's fine. But nobody does it quite like Steph because Steph's the only one who will do it, maybe not exclusively from three, but because so many of them are three are are from three and and so many of his big shots are are from deep, it really does feel like he is the guy above everybody else who could turn a game on its head in a span of three or four minutes. And you want to throw his teammate Clay Thompson in that category too, because God knows he's done it at times over the course of his career. We'll get to Clay in a bit. Had a terrible shooting night tonight. Um, he, he may have had, if not the identical line that Jason Tatum had after game one, very similar. I think he ended with, with four field goals, uh, four of 17, I think was his final line. Um, yeah, but Steph just reminded you why in some ways, I think he he still might be the most valuable offensive player in the sport. And by the way, his defense isn't that bad either. He learned he knows how to play in that Warriors scheme. And in a league where every good offense at this stage of the year, especially, will hunt the weakest link on defense, he's been not hunt proof for years, but the Warriors have figured out how to make sure he doesn't get exploited and he's done a lot of work on his own end to make sure he doesn't get exploited 